everybody, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. I'm Steve. Now I'm Marty. And we do this uh, podcast I do, usually every week. We missed a week last week. Marty and I were sick and I was running around the island down here. So once we couldn't do it on Wednesday, so because we neither one of us had much of a voice. So between that and running around, we weren't able to reschedule before then. So sorry about having the week off, but we got some stuff to give away today to, to make up for that. So we're, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit better. Um, we got a little consolation prize. Uh, thanks to um, uh, the guys over at Atria Hydroponics in Oklahoma or Kansas, I think it is Kansas, and um, uh, RealGrowers.com with the, uh, giving out some recharge this week. Uh, I want to thank them as well. Um, and um, we have a whole bunch to go over this week, um, and a whole bunch of different video uh, stuff to talk about. Um, Marty, why don't you go first? Since yours is you have a yeah, um, yeah I, <clears throat> for me, I don't really have a lot going on. Like I said, I've pretty much just been sick. And then when I wasn't sick, catching up on the stuff that I have to do at work. Um, I did uh, and did feel better the last few days. And so over the weekend, I built a chicken coop for our baby chickens that we put out. So that was kind of fun to do with the kids. It's pretty easy to do. It really wasn't much to it, about uh, maybe 100 bucks or so. I have a nice little like three foot by eight foot chicken coop and uh yeah other than that um not too much going on with me getting ready to set up the outdoor now that i'm done with the whole chicken coop thing so my plan is to uh i have uh i can run 10 plants in flower at pretty much any time um based on where i live and what my zoning is compared to last year when i could run up to I think 48 plants at this same address so legislation has definitely um, sort of screwed me in a major way and that's even with my $1,500 permit which I now have to have if I want to grow outdoors here uh, not to mention I also have to have seven foot tall fences um, in order to do that or no sorry I have to have eight foot tall fences but since I live in Jackson County, if I want to build anything over a seven foot tall fence, I have to have a permit, which requires plans from an engineer. So that's going to would even cost even more money. So <clears throat> that's all sort of in the balance right now. But what I'm doing right now is I can veg as many plants as I want to inside, outside, wherever I want. The only limitation is in flower. So for right now, I'm going to start all my plants like I'm going to proceed with an outdoor. Um, and then uh, run my 10 flowering plants inside. So they will be done by the time the outside ones start flowering so I can sort of just bounce back and forth. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm getting set up right now. I did get some new seeds in. I have some uh, um, Platinum Girl Scout cookie, which is gonna be kind of fun to grow because I grew the Platinum Delight, which was Platinum Girl Scout cookie crossed with Blue Power. So I'm excited for that. So thank you, Aaron by the way, who uh, sent me the seed swap on those. He also sent me something called, uh, what is it? Um, I should have brought him. Uh, Jack Hacker, I think is what it's called. Uh, if you've heard of that, I assume it's some sort of Jack Hare cross. But uh, anyway, Jack Hacker and uh, Strawberry Bubba are the three that I'll probably be doing a little fun little pheno hunt on and uh, 
I'm going to um, sprout all those in the aquaponics system and uh, do a little pheno hunt and record that. So I'll have that going in the garage pretty soon. I'll have the outdoor going pretty soon. So that's kind of my my update. I haven't really posted anything because I've just been out of commission. <clears throat> but uh, we'll definitely get some more videos up. And uh, um, I think probably next I'll do when I build the fish tank outside and uh, put the liner in it. I'm going to build a relatively uh, low profile but, but long bed that I'll be able to build over the top of and uh, line it with that same liner that uh, I showed you guys before that I got from uh, Global Plastics they sent me. It's kind of uh, just to get some exposure on their product and use it in some of my projects. I used it in that front porch system that I posted videos about and uh, and I really like it. And that that's going good too. I got, I think, number of different starts going in there um really uh, i think i have watermelon cantaloupe um and so i'm using it to sprout a bunch of seeds that i'm also putting in my back garden uh eventually so that's kind of a nice way to be able to um start some seeds even if you have a soil garden aquaponics it's great for that and uh i just drop them in with the media and usually within about five to seven days you see them pop up so I do the same thing with cannabis seeds. I have no no issue doing that. I think I still have a 100% germination rate by just dropping them right in the hydrogen. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all on my updates on that stuff. I'll get a video up on the front porch system, but I've got a ton of stuff in that and a uh, bunch of seed starts. And um, I got some raspberries already, already ate for strawberry came through. So that's always exciting. For the kids and uh yeah fun times and again the spider mites on strawberry plants rings true every time i get them from a store and uh this time was the same way and uh so i checked them out made sure and treated them but seriously i don't know how but the it doesn't affect the strawberry plant like it doesn't kill the plant when they live on it in the same way like for whatever reason like they just seem fine with it i don't know if you've had that experience or not Oh, Steve's got to go. Uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, I got raspberries. I got a blueberry plant that I'm trying to resurrect in the aquaponic system um, that I sort of abused last year, and uh, it seems to be coming back to life, so that's that's pretty fun. Uh, what else do we put in there? Oh, we put in beets. We put in uh, some rainbow carrots. Um, and a lot of those will get transferred and um, out to the backyard, and some of them will stay there. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. <clears throat> so yeah, that's pretty much my my stuff. Um, not not really too much going on other than like just trying to navigate all the the regulations and get things tried to set up in order to follow them the best I can. So. Right now, I'll have 10 plants inside at least, and hopefully I'll be able to do 10 plants outside once that that comes around, even if I end up having to pay you know, $1,500 or whatever it is to be able to do it, hopefully. Uh, you know, By then, I should have a pretty good indication of whether or not it's gonna you know, be worth it or whatever else. So, um, and we'll, we'll see where the landscape is. The county's still getting sued, and all those regulations may get thrown out the window. So 
we'll see how that goes. And uh, shout out again to Right to Grow USA Facebook group. They're the ones who are supporting a large number of us here in Southern Oregon and different parts of Oregon where other counties are doing the same thing and um, have completely footed the bill for that lawsuit. Um, they had a really cool setup where they they took in um, donations of flour and they had a big event where everybody came together and rolled a bunch of joints and um, took them all around to local dispensaries and um, all the dispensaries sold them and all the proceeds went towards funding right to grow lawsuit. So that was kind of a neat way to be able to do that. And a bunch of people got together and I think they rolled some like 800 joints or something like that in one day, <laughs> dispersed them out. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And I, I believe they're going to do that event again. Um, but go ahead and check on the right to grow uh, USA Facebook group, um, you know, donate to them, check out one of our events. Um, good times. Awesome. Well, I actually had a chance to go hang out with some of our, so we've been getting everything set up and licensed and looking at different areas and talking with different people that we have connections with here and people that have family and stuff here. And, um, stuff's finally coming together and everything. I've got to go up and look at some of the space that we'll be able to grow in later on once all of our licensing goes through and see some of the skills that some of our growers are capable of doing um, before we everything gets through here um, and just see some of their well they weren't the ones that they run but they're some of their cousins and show some of the skills that they have and, and how great that they uh, that they can run it so uh, yeah it was it was pretty awesome we got to see uh, fields and fields and fields of herb I got some some videos up on my channel if y'all want to see uh, you know just acreage and acreage of, of cannabis it's it's pretty amazing um, I have some more videos um, the first few well I had to walk past about 12 fields before I could take out my camera which is why I'm like just delirious by the time I hit that first field that I can pull my camera out at we just wanted to be respectful of the, making sure we weren't um, hurting anybody or, or anything that's got stuff going on already so um, they were kind enough to let us take some footage there so I had to you know make sure that we were respectful so but uh yeah we got a bunch of footage from from uh you know a camp in the middle of nowhere up in the hills and um of a bunch of sensimilia um finally got to see some of the jamaican land race the real pink and purple hair and so instead of orange or red hairs all this stuff is neon pink and purple and everything in between violet purple and oh some of the stuff i saw yesterday i, I can't begin to tell you how good it tastes but um yeah it was quite an experience of a lifetime and to see just just acres and acres and acres of herb was was incredible <laughs> i really yeah, can't tell you to uh, like check out any of the like or get to talk to them about like what what kind of nutrients they give their plants like yeah so they do um they actually keep a couple of cows up there and a couple of goats and and all that and they basically in between harvests, once they harvest out, they save up all the manure every day and they put it in a little pile and then they put it out on the field when they're ready, once after they harvest and then they till it all in, you know, they mix it in with their hose and then they mix in a little bit of um, uh, iron rich soil, a little bit of, um, uh, they make their own like, uh, it's kind of like a, a compost tea. Um, they take a little bit of um, goat milk and a little bit of um, sweet sop 
or not sweet sob, sour sob, uh, if it's the time of year, um, and a couple of different fruits, and they, they mix it in with a little bit of sugarcane molasses and water, and they put it in like a 55-gallon drum for like a month, and then they let it sit there and brew up, and then they put that on um, right before I mean, they put the like stuff a, in the go. It's like a fruit fermentation, then, basically. Yeah, more like a lacto than a... Uh, um, mm. More than more of like a lactobacillus, like a labs, than it would be like a uh, what you call it, uh, compost tea. Sorry, right. I'm a little bit stoned. I've been smoking high grade like all day for the last like day and a half. So I'm like, nice. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I spent the first part of this week doing is running around the hills of Westmoreland. That's why we were gonna. I read a, we were going to try and do one yesterday, but I got a chance to go back out to the farm when they said that the one guy, the one, one of our farmers was going to let us shoot the field. I had to go back out because I've been able to see a bunch of this stuff so far, but I haven't been able to get permission to film. And it was nice yesterday to finally get permission to film one of them and, and show you guys what I've been doing a little bit, uh, running around, making sure we can get all the stuff lined up so that once all the licensing goes through, we can hire all these guys that are already super good at it. We can adapt them down part of the, you know, a big section of our farm will end up being, you know, it's going to be aquaponics. Um, part of it will end up being just soil stuff, you know, for export as well. Um, but, you know, the bulk of it will end up being, you know, aquaponic down for part of the hill, but just getting to see what they're capable of and what they can do and, you know, what techniques they've been exposed to versus having. The only thing that the only thing I guess the only criticism I could have made the whole day was that some of the um, how they dry it, you know, the drying procedure could be improved, but that's about the only thing, you know, they could, and then they're they're not doing anything from clone. Everything's from seed. Um, they have a, a little breeding patch and they they breed everything out there, but then in their main fields they pull all the males, um, so that your stuff isn't completely seed free, but it's you know maybe five to 20 seeds per stock, you know, per, per plant maybe. So it's it's not too bad. You know, you're not getting that many seeds. So the, you know, the THC level is much higher than most of the other growers. By far the best growers I've seen. Uh, we've been to a couple different grows so far and that was by far the best quality we've seen the whole trip. And and just these guys, are, their skill level and knowledge was much, much, much above the rest. And they're real good family members of someone we know down here that's gonna be working with us. So. It worked out real well to where we were able to meet them and, and talk to them and, you know, um, get that all set up and, and um, yeah, a whole bunch of things that I can't quite talk about yet. But Well, it seems like you could do stuff, too, like the, where you could incorporate in, um, like, say, you know, just having the aquaponic system on site, you'll be able to add stuff to their existing compost. Work. Yeah, for their breeding stock and for their mothers. So instead of them having to go back to seed stock every time, they can go plant like a you know quarter of the field is this, a quarter of the field is that, a quarter or whatever, you know. And and then you know we'll build out the aquaponic section, and it'll be huge. But you know a lot of these guys, I don't want to lug you and I, and neither of them want to lug a a huge roll of liner or tanks or that's a lot of weight worth of stuff to lug up three miles up into the mountains. So. Um, you know, that's why the lower part of the section will be the aquaponic and then the upper part will be, you know, the soil where they've been growing that way for a long time. But, you know, it's, it's nice to have some variety too, you know, especially working as an export company, you know, you need to have some diversity in your product. 
So not to mention, you know, we would never be, you know, it would take us a few years to finish fulfilling the, the orders for uh, with just aquaponics only grow. You know, even if we started building six months ago, it would take us, you know, we'd you'd be building for years before we could satisfy the global market. And once that opens, you know, we're going to need some, some additional help with exports. So as far as being able to fulfill orders. Right. And so since they're already producing, it makes a lot more sense to just. Exactly. By improving their genetics. Being able to help them and too, you know. Right, or maybe even using some of the, like, some of the waste from your aquaponic systems in your, in their compost or different things like that to get some variety of nutrients. Sorry about that. I had uh, one of our guys got back from Kingston, so I just wanted to say hi real quick. Welcome home. It's a long trip. So. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's it was really awesome to talk to them about you know different grow techniques. You know what they use here for root insects, and it works really well. They pour a cane rum on the on the root of the plants, and it kills the root mites and the. Uh, and the worms that attack the roots. So they'll, they'll, they'll have like a, a 30 gallon thing of rum on their back with like a sprayer. And they'll go down the line just like flooding out the roots of the plants that look like they got root bugs. It's so funny and it works. It works. But, you know, sure it does. It's just funny seeing how they, the different methods they come up with. We were, you know, I was talking to them a little bit about, you know, I was teaching them about compost tea and how like the microbes, what, how many days you want to do it. And I kind of, you know, he was teaching me some stuff. I was teaching them some stuff. And I got to meet with this head grower that runs a bunch, about eight of the different plots up there um, and, and learned some stuff from him. And he had some questions for me and, you know, showed him some pictures and he showed me some pictures. And it was just a much different than some of the other people I've met down here that were growing and stuff. These guys were well and much, much more knowledgeable than the other people I met so far, so it was a really, really, really awesome experience. I'll have some more videos to post the next few days. So. Nice, that sounds fun. Yeah. What was that, sorry? Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm looking forward to watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be really nice when it's all set. Well, that sounds cool. You wanted to talk about some myths and misconceptions. Did you have some specifically that you? right into that you wanted to talk about yeah so there's a couple out there like some people will tell you that like the only thing you need to add to an aquaponic system is fish food and that that provides all the nutrients that your plants need that's that's totally false you know you need to maintain things like ph you need to maintain certain nutrient values you need to maintain things like iron um, Um, so, you know, that's something that you have to worry about, you know, and it's something that you see a lot of, and there's still a few people that are out there preaching at Nakaponics that... Um, so that's, you know, the big, um, the biggest things is making sure that you're, uh, you know, you're, you're adding, you know, maintaining your pH, maintaining your iron, things like that. And there's different ways to handle it. You know, I know like you like doing the compost teas and labs more heavily and I like doing the more mineral nutrients and, and going a little bit lighter on the labs and nutrient in the compost teas, still using them, but using them kind of as like a, 
a booster to the nutrients. Um, but and we just just how we we just disagree in, in that particular method. But we both get great results. And and uh, but you know people out there that are still preaching you only need to add fish food and you can ignore everything else. That doesn't work for cannabis. It might work for some lettuce stuff for a little while, but after about you know six or eight months, it's just straight up not going to work. So anyone that tells you that doesn't know what they're talking about. The other thing is, is that if you see any commercial, and I'm, I wish I could tell you guys more than this, but I can't. Um, but if you see a commercial, co why I'm going into this? Um, if you see a commercial aquaponics company out there who has only done lettuce systems, and they tell you they know how to do cannabis, laugh at them and walk away, because they right now I have a couple of them that are ending up as my customers and. Yeah, so don't believe them. Go to somebody that actually knows what they're doing because they have cost a couple of companies a whole lot of money. Right, and I think it's important, you know, that there's a there's a big difference too between like the commercial, commercial growing yeah. in, in on a on a mass level or even um, not even necessarily like larger commercial, but just large systems versus small ones and and how um, different, not everybody's water is the same, I guess, is what it comes down to. Like, I have well water, which we've talked about before, <clears throat> that has a lot of different minerals in it already. So I can get away with a lot of stuff by just basically doing a water change um, in, in a lot of different areas to make up for a lot of the stuff that you would have to add if you were starting with, say, rainwater or distilled water or city water, which has basically been stripped of everything. You can't, you don't add anything in with it. There's nothing that comes with it. Every time I add water, I I get a, a number of different deposits that come along with it. And I have to deal with that. And whereas other people might not have to deal with certain aspects of it. Like for instance, I deal with um, having a high pH and a large amount of calcium carbonate in my system, which sounds great but also has this downside when there's there's too much of it in there <clears throat> so i just have different concerns because my water is different and I, and that's going to be the same if i moved somewhere else i would have different problems to solve so that's um i think that's one of the things that you really have to remember is that you can't necessarily just go look online and say look if this person did it like that that's going to work for me um that's actually, not necessarily the case. That's a great point, actually, on, on exactly what you're saying. Everyone that's growing, seriously, at home, take a water sample of your tap water or well water or whatever reason is your water source and go get an agricultural water test so that you know what metals, what minerals, what, what nutrients you have in your system so that you can balance your aquaponics water around that because you're going to keep putting that water and those nutrients in over time and the only export you have from that is plants or doing water changes. So if you have something like, your, uh, I'll give you a great example of some stuff that comes up hot once in a blue moon that I've seen in, in different agricultural water tests is uranium. Every once in a blue moon you'll see uranium will be a high one in people's water sources. If you have high uranium, you're going to be needed doing water water changes in your tap water, which is, there is an acceptably high amount of radium that can be, uh, radium that can be, and uranium, um, that can be in your water. Um, but 
you don't want that in a closed loop system where it's building up over time. So if you have that, you're going to have to do water changes occasionally, change out 10, 20% of your water to physically export that out of your system. On the, on the other side is you might find out you have high calcium or high iron or high cal or phosphorus or whatever, and you're not going to have to supplement that or you're only going to have to supplement that a tiny bit. You know, and you can go, okay, awesome. I don't need to spend anywhere near as much. That's why why getting an agricultural large test costs about twenty to thirty-five dollars, depending on where you live, will get you everything that you need to know about what, what your normal input is, what's gonna build up in your system over time, and, and all that. So you know, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. Right. And so for um, you know, some people who might not understand it or have not gone through it yet or understand why a closed loop system is different. Um, it's because when you have evaporation in every system, so what's evaporating is just the water and what you're putting in is not just water. Like in my case, I get mineral buildup in my system because I'm putting in water that also has minerals in it. Minerals do not evaporate. So even if I add water in so that I am adding water to bring the water level back up, those minerals from the water that I put in before are still in that system. So um, understanding where you're starting can give you an idea, like you were saying, um, what's going to build up in the system. So if you're not consuming it, um, then it's going to build up. So if your plants don't need it and aren't using it, and you're not growing something that is going to consume it, uh, then it's going to start building up and can cause you problems in the same way that if you're using a lot of something like if uh, you don't have a lot of iron in your well water, but you're growing a ton of strawberries, then you're probably at some point going to have to supplement that at some point. So knowing where you start out will give you a, a great advantage in knowing what you're going to need to supplement. And, and how much? From doing, um, you know, like if you've got, uh, like I know I'm obviously not going to have to supplement nearly as much calcium uh, into my system because I already have a lot of it. Uh, that comes in in my well water. So, uh, you know, if if anything that I was going to add, I would probably be, you know, adding something uh, that didn't necessarily have a lot of calcium in it already. Sorry about that. <laughs> a little bit of background noise. That's all right. But um, the, the other thing is, too, is that, you know, to making sure you know how much to supplement. You know, if you have a high available... Um, P2KO2, which would be like your phosphorus, or not P2KO2, um, um, I forget what the molecule is. Anyways, um, you know, or, um, you know, XYZ, we'll just use an example. You, you might, you know, you might need to adjust your iron dosing to cut be half of what it is or half of what you normally would be because you're constantly inputting a high amount of available iron. That's why, no, you know, getting that tested off the bat is so important. Um, trying to think of any other examples. Um, right now, I have um, somebody else is having a little bit of a, an issue with salt. Um, there's another one that I, actually a question I had somebody ask me lately is how would you handle a slightly high amount of salt? First off, you got to export it. Um, you want to make sure you do partial a partial water change to physically remove some of it. But the other thing you can do if you are trying to keep the plants from getting too stressed in the meantime is up your silica rate. When you up your silica, that really, really, really helps reduce your um, uh, uh, toxicity from the sodium 
Um, there's a, quite a few different published studies you can read on it in soil and hydroponics on adding and making sure your silica is at least 80 parts per million to 100 parts per million will dramatically reduce the amount of sodium stress on your plants. Cool. Um, and that's one of the other, you know, questions I've seen lately. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, so some of the other misconceptions is you don't need a solids filter. You know, you do need some kind of catch basin, either a bag or or a media. You know, you can if you have a real small system, you can get away with just a media bed. Um, but if you're doing a, a larger system, you really do need some type of solids filter. When the USDA guidelines come down at the end of the year, if you don't have one on your system, you're not going to be allowed to sell anything out of the system to the public if you're looking to do commercial. That's another one of the ones that's commonly put out there is you don't need solids filtration at all, um, especially in raft systems. You do. Um, and the USDA is going to require it by the end of the year. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. If you have a raft system, then you absolutely need one. Um, you know that that's for sure. I mean, obviously, media beds are filtration. I mean, that's sort of sort of what they're. Just depends on your load. You know, if you're running a commercial level load, you'll have too much waste. But as long right. as you're doing a uh, small home system, it's no problem. Right, and so um, yeah, I I would say it's definitely accurate that every system, even a small one, needs some sort of solids filtration. And uh, even, um, but in small systems, especially in most of the ones that I that I build, um, you know, media beds are are just fine. And and then you do that, um, you know, at some point I'm probably going to have to clean them out. Whether um, like for instance, what I do a lot of times is if I have a bed that I feel like is getting uh, particularly um, clogged up, then uh, I'll raise up the siphon so that it comes up above the level of the media. And I'll essentially flood the bed and <clears throat> work out, um, and uh, which makes it very easy to get in and just sort of stir up everything, and uh, and I'll just pump that stuff right out into like a separate um, barrel or something. Uh, I'll be right back. I gotta take care of something real fast. I apologize. I just this is something that I can't get around at the moment. I'll be right back, guys. Sure, no problem.
All right, I'm back. I don't know if Marty is or what had happened. I apologize for the delay there. We just, sorry about that. I had a, a little meeting I had to, to pop my head in. We just picked up another company in another country that's not um, in North America, which is pretty dope. <laughs> or South America. Um, but I'm not going to... I gotta get permission to talk about him before I can mention him or where. But uh, yeah, pretty dope. So yeah, my day just got, my week just got more interesting. So yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we want to talk, the other thing I was going to talk about um, is um, uh, I had a chance to, um, uh, we had a, a couple of writing questions this week about products. Um, we have the first product question we had was jump start grow more media um, and the second one uh, I actually had a question from um, uh, from somebody and it was about the recharge um, which we're actually going to give away uh, some recharge shotgun shells which they uh, they have um, we'll, uh, we're gonna next week we're gonna um, pick somebody from the uh, leaves a comment and likes the video here and uh, we're gonna send make sure they get a some recharge shells should be enough to get you uh, you know, a good uh, initial uh, spawn culture of those microbes in your system and, and see how they do it. And um, it'd be real good. We're working on, uh, we'll have a bigger giveaway of some recharge later in the, later in the month. Um, but this, this first time we're going to give away some recharge. Um, but recharge is a great microbe. I've actually had a chance back when I worked at Aquaponics or Scotty over uh, at Real Growers was kind enough to give us, uh, I think it was like a five pound bucket of recharge. And um, we tested the crap out of it in two, three, 500 gallon systems against a, uh, another um, a control in aquaponics and had a, a real, real good results. Um, uh, higher front, uh, plant, uh, flower count and um, um, you know, no fish issues at all. Um, and real, real healthy, real healthy plants. And uh, um, we didn't test it on cannabis and at the aquaponic source because we weren't able to, but uh, I've used it quite a bit as well as a couple of my other aquaponic grower buddies that worked for us back in Colorado with aquaponics and soil. And uh, everybody really loves it. Um, real, real good. Um, so uh, yeah, make sure you leave a, leave a comment and check out realgrowers.com if you're looking to buy more. Um, and the other one is the, uh, the jumpstart uh, by Growmore. Let me uh, pull that up here. Um, I had an interesting fruit I wanted to mention to y'all this week. Um, I know normally we do the uh, um, uh, plant of the week. Um, instead, I think I want to do a fruit this week. Um, there's this uh, plant here called a sweet sop, or they call it a sugar apple. It looks like a hand grenade back in the U.S., and they're about to come into season. They're white fruit on the inside. Man, is it good. Um, it is my absolute favorite thing in the world. Um, so I'm here looking at this jump start, and uh, I don't see anything that particularly concerns me. I would be cautioned that you are adding a lot of vitamin B, so I don't know if I would want to use it every week. But definitely isn't every other week or every third week um, would definitely be fine. Uh, although you do run the risk of adding a little too much vitamin B into the system, which it speeds up fish just as much as it does humans and there's no regular export or break you know it takes a while for that to break down so i would worry about that in the system but aside from that i don't see anything else on the msts here that would overly concern me um as far as that goes um and then we had a a contest last week about some 
another uh, batch of atria nutrients. Let me go back and, and hit that real quick. Did you have um, any other questions this week from people? Um, well, somebody asked in chat about if the um, cannabis growing was going to require what was it? Oh, solid filtration. You were talking about the solid filtration in um, uh, that's going to be required in agriculture, and so he was just asking about that. And I think Steve disconnected. Party. There you are. There you go. Sorry about that. Finally had one of our net hiccups down here that we. We've been kind of lucky so far this episode. I wrote that little script that reconnects it when it when it does this. Nice. Um, so yeah, um, if you look in the chat, somebody just asked about the solid filtration if it was going to be required for growing cannabis. And I, oh, so I the, what they're doing is the USDA is requiring it for all hydroponic or aquaponic production. So I would I don't see any reason why it wouldn't apply to cannabis production um, as far as commercial scale. Commercial, right? Yeah, and I'm talking strictly commercial. So if you're selling to the public, I don't, you know, if you're just growing at home, like nobody cares, <laughs> as far as as USDA regulation. But if you're trying to sell to a dispensary or you're trying to, um, you know, sell to whatever, um, or you're running a commercial setup and you want to sell to the public, you know, as a dispensary or whatever, you know, this is stuff that. And I'm, I'm actually, I, I posted on, um, on a, I'm trying to get this fixed. I'm just trying to pull it up here to show you guys and I can't, can't get it to work. But anyways, um, I'm waiting for my buddy of mine to send over a copy of the USDA guideline regulations because they seem to have pulled them down after the, the comment period. So um, I'm actually going to post them up in the Aquaponic Cannabis Guide our Aquaponic Cannabis Growers Facebook in the files section. Um, once he gets those over to me, I'll make sure they get up there this week. Um, and then anyone that's curious about what the upcoming regulations will be can can hop onto Facebook and download, download them for themselves. Um, I know that uh, I've been trying to get a hold of them this week myself because I want to make sure that uh, if and when the U.S. market opens that we can automatically be following U.S. standards so that I don't have to go and change my whole plumbing and bunch of other headache that I don't want to do later so I'd rather just if we're going to be starting to build stuff from the ground up down here I'm just going to build it to the standard and and do it that way rather than, than worrying about it because eventually look right now our main markets are going to be Canada and for export from Jamaica are going to be Canada and Spain and another country that will be named shortly um, but eventually the, uh, the US market is going to open up so um, you know, we got to prepare for that or not even that, but we can say we're, we're held to a higher standard. We're following U.S. law in regards to cleanliness and, and regulation and everything else, and, you know, just, just for have a better product. You know, <clears throat> regardless of what you're growing on a commercial scale, you're going to need solid filtration anyway. So it's kind of, you know, exactly. kind of I guess. So um, I'm trying to think of what else yeah. we have to John Resnick says, nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, well, I have some more video, actually. So that was just the, the young fields. I have some video of some stuff that's in flower, about ready to harvest.
Um, everything is neon pink and purple hairs, that nice Jamaican land race that you don't get anywhere else. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, have a bunch of stuff to show. I have a bunch more videos. I have at least three or four more videos of that particular field. I'm actually going to go look at one that is supposedly about four times as good as that one on Saturday. And um, I'll see about getting permission to film there. And uh, if they let me film, they're supposed to be even better than the one that we got. It's a new uh, new company we just picked up working with um, that is uh, already working under one of the research licenses down here. Um, so we don't have to wait for our other license, but I only found that out about half an hour ago. So I have to go, once I'm done this, uh, go find out more about that. We have a meeting with them on Saturday. Then we have another huge meeting with another potential huge grove down here on closer to Negril next week that once that all goes through of some pretty more exciting announcements but it's kind of I don't know it's ridiculous it's like the wild west of weed down here <laughs> right now yeah, it's kind of like that everywhere I guess is the you know the world market really starts to open up you know you saw you know the changes um, the last time they had their their big global meeting um, you know with you know they specifically I think you posted some information about it right about what? Uh, the last time that the, um, who was it? Uh, I'm drawing a blank now. On the national, or not national organization, but the global organization. Oh, the UN. The UN yeah, met to right. change the export laws to allow for weed to go from country to country legally. So. Right. So you're starting to see the, um, you know, it's about it. And, uh, like well, not only that, I mean, the U.S. market, you know, hopefully going to open up soon as well. Not only that, I mean, look at look at the you have a, a way to finally bring a whole bunch of people that are lower income out of out of poverty for the first time. You know, Jamaica could not grow enough weed to supply the global market. As far as if everybody started, if Europe and the U.S. and Canada legalized, there's a huge demand for Caribbean herb. Not to mention they can grow year round without lights. And climates here is good. You know, all you gotta do is keep it, keep some mothers and veg, and put your clones out to field, and, and go, 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 go. You know, you, you don't even have to grow from seed. You know, if you want to get consistency, which is what we'll get these guys going to do. Right now, they're just pulling the mail, so they got the idea down. A sense Amelia, they just you could be a little bit more efficient on it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's it's yeah, we'll we'll get there, but. Um, the fact that they they can save so much money in production here that even with transport they'll be able to easily, you know, still have a huge piece of the global market because, you know, aside from North Africa, where else are you going to be able to grow year-round in flower? You know, you can do kind of do it in greenhouses, but you still have to do lighting, you still have to do heating. You know, that's, that's thousands of dollars to the production cost, which is something we just don't have to deal with here. You know, maybe Mexico could kind of compete, but they have so much problems with their own, you know, cartels and everything that, it, it kind of gets in the way is where Jamaica has some problems with crime, but it's not as bad as people, you know, you hear sometimes people make it out to be. It's, I've been around the whole island. Now I hang out with people of all different incomes, levels, and classes, and it's not that bad. Don't, there's certain, it's just like the United States. You stay in certain neighborhoods because they're bad. It's no different than Chicago or New York or Philadelphia or Baltimore. You know, there's just certain areas you avoid at night, you know, just be mindful. You know, don't go wandering around, waving around money with a ton of, you know, flaunting what you got. It's, you know, just don't be stupid and it's it's no more dangerous than anywhere else. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's like, so. I mean, even 
even at Acapulco, I went there for my honeymoon. And it, it was the same way. You know, some places were really nice. And most neighborhoods were, were at least pretty nice. And some of them were really not. So, you know. I'll tell you what, though. Once you get away from the cities and get out into the country where the, the real Jamaicans are, it's so much nicer. Everyone's super nice. Couldn't help you enough. Couldn't be kind enough. Couldn't be welcoming enough. You know, just want to give you food and beer and weed. It's a good time. You know, I really can't speak highly enough about how amazing the people of Jamaica are, especially the farther you get from the cities. Nice. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, and once we get it all set up down here, we'll have a place for people to come down and visit and see all the different stuff that I've been seeing and learn and everything, but uh, that won't be until probably next year sometime. But that's the plan. We were actually looking at some places down on the beach. Um, we're looking at a property down on the south end of the island where we'll be able to have a training facility where people can come down, sit on the beach, smoke a bunch of weed, learn how to grow, swim in the ocean, dive a reef, and have a good time for like a week. Have real nice catered food and everything, seafood and everything. So that'll be, that's in the works as well. So awesome. it'll be dope. Yeah, and teach people how to grow aquaponically rather than come into a class in the States or to sit for a weekend in some stuffy room. They'll be able to come have a nice vacation and learn at the same time, you know, for four hours a day or whatever. And, you know, maybe in the afternoon we'll go see a, a field up in the mountains or we'll go out dive a reef or we'll go for a boat ride or, you know, it'll be, it'll be a good time. John says that sounds like a hard life. Oh yeah, yeah. My my work. I work about four to six hours a day, half the time, um, at the beach or the ocean or the, the farms. The other, well, I don't know. I don't really consider being in the field that we work. I don't count that. But as far as doing like paperwork or planning out, doing a lot of design plans, doing a lot of like figuring out what what pumps we're gonna need, what electrical stuff we need, what you know what I mean, just stupid boring stuff that doesn't really interest any of you. Which is why I haven't I haven't been posting a whole lot of video from down here because some of you know stuff like yesterday that I posted is not okay to film everywhere and um, you know just uh, I gotta be careful about that stuff too as far as you know upsetting anybody especially if we're working away. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, it's been an experience of a lifetime, and I'm about to go to two other countries here in the next four months that I'll have some new footage from Corelio that aren't the US. So it'll be a blast. Cool, I'm looking forward to it. And um, I think what else? Um, the other thing I was going to plug is we have a fest. Oh, uh, I guess we don't have, we have the website now, but um, I don't have any uh, date yet, but we have a festival we'll be doing. So definitely plan on coming down to Jamaica for 420. We'll have, uh, by then we'll have a bunch of stuff set up and there's a festival that we're working on collaborating with some other people down in Jamaica to be a weed festival to help support Jamaica and Jamaicans and, and get a, you know, Especially because they'll have their hopefully have their retail stuff all open by by 420 of next year. At least that's what we're told at the moment. So unless that changes dramatically, so it should line up real well with that. But um, definitely, you know, put your plans out to come down to Jamaica for 420 next year, and uh, we'll have a lot more cool information on that. Um, shout out to uh, Atrioacoponics um, for um, donating that. Well, we'll uh, any, anybody that leaves a comment and likes the video. 
we'll pick two people um, from that. One person will get the, sh the recharge, the other person will get a, another set of um, atrioaquaponic nutrients. And um, shout out to Keto Life um, for uh, uh, giving us some other stuff as well um, for our grow lab back in the States. Um, appreciate them. They help us out a lot once in a while when we uh, need some stuff tested and things. And um, I guess that's all I have at the moment. Um, definitely um, make sure you subscribe to my channel, which is Potent Ponics on YouTube. Um, if you, uh, I haven't ever mentioned this before, but I'll, I'll plug it here at the end. Um, uh, I have a company called Potent Ponics. I do cannabis consulting, aquaponic cannabis consulting design. Or if you're a nutrient company and you want dosing for aquaponics that are fish safe and all that, you can hit me up on my website or email me. Um, I know uh, Marty has a company and uh, a YouTube channel as well. Um, she mentioned your stuff. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just have the YouTube channel, it's AP Meds on YouTube. And then we have the Facebook group, Aquaponic Cannabis Growers. Uh, look us up on there. Uh, we definitely like to post a lot of information uh, there for everyone. And um, if you have any questions, obviously you can put them in the comment section below. You can ask them in the Facebook group. You can private message us, um, whatever you guys need to do. Um, put them in the chat section right now. Appreciate John tuning in over there. And um, I think one other person in there, I don't remember who it was now, but uh, I always like to have some people on live. So we, we appreciate those questions. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, sorry about this week being a little shorter. I just uh, I have a bunch of stuff going on this week. We had to try and squeeze this episode in. Um, I apologize. Hopefully next week will be a normal, longer format episode and a, and a little less crunched up, but I, I do apologize for that. But uh, we will return to a normal normal schedule. We're just having a little bit of uh, growing pains here. So I appreciate everyone's patience and uh, everyone uh, not freaking out because we weren't on last week. So I really appreciate it. Thanks to those who were at sending us emails and asking us what was going on. Uh, I think I got five or six different, uh, hey man, when, when's the next episode? So, I really appreciate it from everybody. Oh, uh, shout out to Do Grows too um, for, for hosting us. Uh, they, you guys can also check out all of our episodes um, over at uh, the Do Grows show so, under Aquaponics. So thanks a lot, guys. And uh, have a good one. See you later. <laughs>